Hi, I'm Keith Allen, and I play Murphy on Z Nation, and I listen to One Up Gaming Podcast. And we're here, it's the One Up Gaming Podcast, episode 139. It's me, David. I've managed to find a new co-host for this week. I guess I should say it's Stefan. So if you want to just sort of say who you are and what do you do? Um, My name is Stefan, and basically, like, uh, I I do uh, music for games and stuff like that. Like, uh, uh... like I, I did uh, music for forty eighty nine and fifty eighty nine already, and uh, the the creator fruit uh, like really likes my work and all that, and I really appreciate like him like publishing my work uh, for his games and all that. So right, so again, we'll get into a bit more detail of some of your work coming up in the next sort of hopefully within the next month or so. Some of it will be out and about and be able to be bought. So I guess, first of all, we'll just sort of say, if you want to just sort of go over some of the games you've been playing this week. Uh, I've been playing uh, Beyond Earth, Civilization, um, uh, Beyond Earth, and it's pretty uh, pretty good game. Um, uh, you, you you get to uh, to go on the planet and you get to... Uh, to, um, to, to work with... Uh, Either go against or with people, you know what I mean? Like, uh, for, for, uh, for like, uh, playing like, uh, the game, you, um, well, I, I know it's, uh, it's, it's hard to, to explain like the game, uh, I guess, because it's kind of complex a bit, but, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty nice, uh, game, you know, like it's, uh, you get to fight aliens and all that, like, like it's invading your territory and, yeah. And also, I play, I play uh, regularly uh, Duke Nukem Forever. I know, like it'll be like, <laughs> oh, geez, not that game, but uh, yeah, no, I'm a big Duke Nukem fan, by the way. And um, I just, I just hope that Gearbox is. I, I can't say Gearbox, right? Oh yeah, you can say what you want. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Well, Gearbox, like I, I just hope that they're, they're gonna really hit the ball on 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 Duke and just like make him like better that than what he was before like Duke Nukem Forever so I, I just I just hope uh, I can see that uh, that uh, going on and all that uh, other games I played I'm just gonna see my Steam list here so I can remember well I played 1589 uh, was given to me as like a gift and all that, because because um, basically uh, fruit like yeah, uh, uh, well, he gave me that because you know I made music for him and all that. So <laughs> I played uh, fifty eighty nine. It's it's a pretty good game because uh, you you go around like uh, like it's like open world and it's like uh, rogue like. Uh, well, it's not like rogue like, but I mean like it's. It's like it's like randomly generated world, and it's just like very amazing because uh, 
because you you can like uh, do quests and all that. It's randomly generated quests and randomly generated like like um, being able to like get weapons and all that, and it's pretty nice. I mean, I had a quick look at some of the screenshots, and it looked very like retro, sort of Tron, sort of like a weird. Yeah. It's um it's fruits like like signature I guess for for making the games uses um uses uh what's a jarhead monkey or something I think it's called I'm not sure but it's like a java program engine that basically uses to uh to 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 make his game with so Yeah so I mean do you actually know the difference between as you say like the the older one and the newer one is there much difference? Uh... Well, the older ones, uh, like basically, like uh, the thirty seventy nine, you basically did it with uh, you're you're basically like a, a, a human being, like going on the planet, and there's like different aliens and all that. It's not robots just yet, but um, something happens that. I think like Zax or something like he dominates a planet and in 3089 like he um they basically revamp the whole thing that basically like the robots are dominating the planet or something. I I'm really not sure what the story is just yet but uh I should like read it more into it or something. But then 4089 which is where I started making music for uh, that's like really different. It's like uh, it's like you're on the the the, the Overlord's uh, spaceship, and your your goal is to get to the end, basically, and kill the Overlord or something. I guess so. And fifty eighty nines is uh, is uh, it's it's like thirty eighty nine, but it's like different, like because it follows the story and all that, and you have like different weapons inside and. You have like the time warp. I think it's inside too, and um, and other things that that change the look and feel and all that of the game. So, right. Yes. So, it's, is it first person sort of game? Or? Yeah, it's a, it's a first person like game. You can like fly vehicles if you want to. You know, like you can go around like uh, shooting robots, doing anything like you wanted, basically in. Anything you want in the open world game, basically. So it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like a Grand Theft Auto with robots or something, I guess. But <laughs> so I mean, I guess I'll just uh, have a quick sort of say what I've been playing. And I mean, I've recently just got a PlayStation Four, so I'm getting all the free PlayStation Plus sort of games. Oh, that's good. And I downloaded Hell Divers, which is a twin stick shooter top down but it's very 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 hard and I think they've overcomplicated things because you've actually got like a crouch button so like certain enemies they fire out and you've got like duck underneath the weapons and so I think they made it a bit too complicated for its own good yeah well what about uh, Bombshell what do you think about that game I've not heard of Bombshell uh, Bombshell is uh, is was specially designed by Interceptor and Treaty Realms, I think was the publisher, and um, it's supposed to be like uh, a game that came out uh, out of 
the whole Duke Nukem 3D phase and all that, then and basically Duke was supposed to be in there, but I guess they removed like every single bit of it and just like remade it so that's like a female character. I don't remember her name though, but uh it's um but it's bombshell. You you call her bombshell, I guess. But uh yeah, it's um it's like a top-down shooter, like you said, and uh, going around like uh, shooting aliens and going on different planets and all that. It's not too bad. I, ha- I haven't played it yet, but you know, it's just by the the the, the reviews and the screenshot. I think it and the videos uh, actually look uh, kind of good. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the listeners will know I'm not really a PC gamer. Okay, yeah. Um, I've had my Xbox One since launch, and that started to die before Christmas, so my girlfriend said she'd buy me a PlayStation 4 for Christmas. Yeah. So... I yeah, I'm more, I'm more into PC games, because first off, I don't have a TV. <laughs> second, of, uh, second off, I, I've, been, I've been playing, like, PS3, Xbox with 60 games and all that, and it's like... Yeah, it's it's good and all that, but it's like the PC. I don't know. It's like it's it's just like it's it's constantly upgradable. You know, like it's constantly evolution and all that. Like it's evolving or something. So yeah, I mean, my Xbox One when I bought that, it was four hundred and twenty pound. Yeah, and <clears throat> the PC that I built up myself. I basically paid like about two hundred and thirty or two hundred and fifty quid. Yeah, and it's it's the same spec as an Xbox One. Yeah, basically. So you know, so you, you can build one that's even lower than that. I I heard that PCs being built for like a hundred fifty dollars, uh, US dollars. Yeah. I don't know what it is in in your your currency there, but uh, how much it would be, but. I'd say $150, it'd be about £105, Okay. So, give me a rough idea, yeah. So, the next game is what everyone's been going crazy over the last few weeks, and that's Unravel, which is a cute side-scrolling platform puzzle game where you control a little ball of yarn called Yarny. And you have to... Have you played games like Limbo and things like that? Well, I played Little Big Planet, actually, and I like, really loved it. Like, I think it's a bit like... Uh, is, it, is it like a bit like that, or is it like different? Like, It's more physics-based puzzles, where you got to pull things and do things and... Yeah. It's it's kind of similar in a way, but... Yeah, when you sort of say that, yeah. But I, I mean, a lot of people know I hated Little Big Planet. Yeah. J- just the fact of the jumping was way too floating. You didn't feel as though you were in control. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that was an issue for sure. But yeah, this Unravel, I tell you what, it's bloody hard. I've only managed to play about 20 minutes into it and I got stuck. So I, mean, I don't know if I'll ever go back to that or not, so it, may, it might, might not be my sort of game. And I mean, I, the last two games, again, the <laughs> PlayStation Plus sort of games, Nova 111, which is a weird, weird game. 
and mm-hmm. the last one was Nom Nom Galaxy. Which... So basically, you're you're uh, you basically you're playing all indie games or something. Or, or... Yeah. Is it indie games or? Yeah, the yeah. the majority indie. Yeah, I mean the last. I mean, I played Rise of the Tomb Raider. I played Halo Five. Yeah, I played a lot of the big launch stuff on the Xbox, but I've mm. not I've not really bought anything for the PlayStation Four. I mean, I've got nearly all the launch games. And The Last of Us and God of War 3 and all those sort of stuff. But a lot of them is just like, you play them once, it's like, mm, yeah, I've played it before. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's the challenge that gets you going in games, you know, like, also. <laughs> I don't know, I like to have games where I can just press, you know, like, Yoshi or something like that, where you just keep your finger on going right or whatever and you just complete the level okay <laughs> you know yeah you don't need much walkthroughs for that one i guess but yeah so anyway so that's all that we've been playing this sort of week so we'll we'll move on and the this next section we won't do news but what we will do is we'll have an interview with ross briley um about it was supposed to be about Cubics HD, but it went a bit all over the place, to be honest. But that'll get cut into the podcast now. And coming up next on One Up Gaming, this week's interview. We've got a quick interview side. So first of all, it's just me, David, with Matt. Oh. And we've got special guests. I was just sort of like looking at your name there and I was like, I, I went to school with someone called Briley. Alright. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> wasn't the same person because you're like much further south than what I probably am. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've got Ross Briley. So first of all, if you just want to say like, basically who you are and what do you do? Right, I'm the... I'm Ross, I'm the community manager... PR person and games tester, various other things at Ghostlight and Laughing Jackal. Um, we publish Japanese games on PC and on console, and we also develop our own games as Laughing Jackal. Right, so... That's a lovely skill range you've got there. <laughs> yeah, I- I've done pretty much everything. Helped in the warehouse. Um... Wow, you're the, you're the handyman <laughs> of the group. Uh, dog's body, I think. But <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I was going to say one man doing PR and game testing. That just sounds horrible. I, I started out as a tester about coming nine over nine years ago now, and about five, um, six years back, I was asked if I I wanted to do try sort of doing the PR and community management because we'd sort of been for a few people and they got to me. Um, I wasn't hugely keen at first. It's like, socialising, can't be having that. But it's like, <laughs> try it for a month. And so I sort of did sort of jazz winning and I kind of enjoyed it. So I've sort of stuck with it ever since. Fair enough. So you've been with Laughing Jackal since 2006 then? Uh. 
January 2007, I think I joined. All oh, right, so not not that long after they actually founded then. Yeah. They, they were 2005. They were founded 2005. Yeah, it was pretty soon after. Um, although they actually they were sort of formed from Midas Interactive, who've been around for donkey's years, but haven't done anything. Yeah, a while. Uh, Ghostlight came from them as well, so they're both sort of spun off from that. Oh, nice. All right, it's good to have you here, and obviously we're going to be having a bit of a chat about uh, Cubics, because it's an incredible game. <laughs> because I was the one I was the one that got, like, I took the code for uh, the one-up team, um, and I, I actually really enjoyed it. Cubics HD is um, a fantastic, albeit um, horrendous, game because it ma- it makes you want to kill people. Mm, I-, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it's one of my favorite laughing jack games. I mean it was sort of the first non mini laughing jackal did and part themselves. Mm. Um back on PS3 and that would have been 2010, 2011 or something like that? 2011, yeah. And now, like, five years later, it's come to the PC. Yeah, it's it's not... It was very nice going back to it, because I'd kind of forgotten how much I actually enjoyed playing it, because I hadn't really looked at it about four years. It's like, mm. I remember this. <laughs> I have to ask, though. Like why? Why the like nearly half decade gap? It was a combination of a few things. First of all, it's it was I think one of our favourite Laughing Jack games. So I've always kind of wanted to do something with it, but there's never it's never quite we've never quite had the time. But with Ghostlight sort of being in between a couple of projects and then not being something new on Laughing Jackal's plate at the moment. We sort of had a gap. Um, since we've been... So we sort of decided, why not do it now? Well, that makes sense. So I'm presuming that you were one of the poor people that had to test Cubics HD originally. Yep, I was... Uh, yeah, I was one of the two main testers on that, I think. It was... How much? It, how much? Of you, like, how much of your hair did you pull out? <laughs> well, I've certainly got a lot less now than when I started testing it. So, yeah, it was. It, it's a tough game. Uh, actually, my most challenging mode to test was seven players, just because trying to what? get enough enough PS3 controllers. Yeah, I imagine so. I think I think the worst one for me was um, line attack. Simply because I kept getting to the stage where I had one that was going all around one side of the cube, and you had that horrible moment where you were trying to go round the enemies, but at the same time you didn't want to like t- if you touched yourself, you die, obviously. And yeah. I-, I kept like crashing into myself or crashing into something else because they kept like you can't quite predict where they're going to go, 
and that's yeah. why it makes it a little bit more intense because um, you can almost tell where they're going to go, but there's always like a random aspect that just makes them like they shift to the side, and yeah. I, I just I, I spent about half an hour just trying to do line attack. At which point I on the leaderboard because obviously I was doing this just after it was released on the PC. Yeah. And on the leaderboard, uh, I think I got to number one actually, and I don't know if I'm still there, but I did get to number one. Yeah, line attack is brutally hard to get the really high scores. I was terrible at it. Our producer, he wasn't there for the PC version, but on the PS3, he used to be really, really good at it. He used to come with these massive snaking things that just sort of weaved across the side of the cube. I've no idea how he managed to pull it off, but yeah, it's it's not easy. Yeah, so I, mean, I, I think I'll. Just interrupt a little bit because a lot of the people who might be listening won't have any idea what Cubix HD is. Yeah, um, sorry, so, I neglected that. So I guess Ross, if you just want to do like the elevator pitch, just for what the, the actual game is and how it plays, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, it's a bit of an old school arcade game, uh, partially influenced by Kicks. I don't know if any of you have played that which was a very old arcade game where you used to cut out sections on a square because it was just a 2D plane, and we sort of took that, put it to 3D, and the goal is basically to draw draw lines, cutting out as much of a, a target percentage of a square and without being hit by the kicks in the middle or any of the other enemies. And it... Sort of fast-paced arcade puzzle type game. Sorry, I'm so go, going on outside, so I just got lost. To say. But uh, yeah, because I, I mean, I've not played Cubics, but I think when you said Kicks, I, I think that's the game I used to play. Oh God, was it on the Spectrum I used to play it on. Oh yeah. wow. Quite possibly. It is a very old game. The, that I mean, there's a few other arcade games that were also sort of mixed in, but Kicks, I think, was sort of one of the major influences. I, there's, I two, there's two games that sound similar. One where it's like on a flat plane with grids. You've got to go around this, each square to like knock them out sort of thing. And then one that you're on about, I think... You actually draw your squares on the screen, and if an enemy hits it, it doesn't count. And you've got to try and cover the whole screen up. But- I compared it to Snake when I was reviewing it. Because it was the idea that it was um, something that was ridiculously addictive, simplistic, and yet um, it worked very well as a game because the mechanics meshed so neatly with this idea that people were going to come back and again and again and again to keep getting a higher score. So I I didn't play Kicks, but I have played um, a lot of Snake and I have spent far too many hours trying to complete that game. So it was it was the idea of um, I don't know it, it really it really worked well did Cubics because on a um, I don't, on, on an aesthetic level at least it looked fantastic and then once you got into actually playing the thing you suddenly realised that it's not as cutesy and nice as it appears which was a nice front I'll give you that it was a nice disguise 
we we do seem to be quite good at getting that. <laughs> Looks quite cutesy, but underneath yeah. that's quite brutal. We've done that. We've done that a few times. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people have the same thing with Flame Over, which looks like a sort of cute firefighting game, but at least a few reviewers sort of compared it to Dark Souls in terms of difficulty. Wow, that's a claim and a half to make. I just remembered that was the game that I reviewed, and I absolutely adored that game. I'm gonna, I'm, excuse me, I'm just going to take a moment to look this up, because you said Dark Souls, and I immediately want to know what this is now. It's a... Yeah, it- Firefighting simulator, <laughs> but it's absolutely right. Okay, that, no, that sounds awesome. But um, Cubix is it's fantastic, and it really is something that not it's not even I, I wouldn't even class it as a time waster. It just it's a time absorber because it, you can't really waste time in, in that manner because it's just it's just so much fun. So, I mean, I guess we'll get into some of the questions then. So, I guess I'll ask, first of all, are you actually happy with the new games that are reception? Uh, yeah, reviews have been very positive, uh, both from the press. I don't think we've actually had a bad one yet. And last I checked on Steam Review as well, all there weren't a massive amount of reviews, but all the ones on there were positive as well. So, people do seem to be really enjoying it. Which is always nice. <laughs> so, if you want to text the next one, Matt. Yeah, sure. Just give a sec. Pardon me for a second. My internet is just not cooperating. David, please take the next one. It's not working. Okay. So, is there anything that came about which you didn't expect with this new re-release? Not really. It was a actually a really really straightforward port. It took us. I think I think from the point I first saw a build, it was four, five weeks until it was ready. I mean, I think there were builds before I saw it, but it, was re- it went really smoothly. That's always good to hear. Um, that's something I wanted to ask, actually. Um, how did you go about like, altering like, the formula that Kix um, used originally? How did you kind of make that your own? I think the first thing was putting it on a cube so you've got the multiple faces and having and the combo system as well, meaning you sort of keep switching over faces to try and build your combo up and your your score through that. Yeah. Was I was sort of the basis of what made it the original Cubics, which was a mini, so yeah, a bit different and sort of made it stick out a bit more. And then with Cubix HD, we had a, a lot more, quite a few different enemies because Kicks didn't really have very many. Well, only had the Kicks in the middle. It didn't have the other things we've added. And they changed up the game from line chasers, which sort of mean you can't just sit off on the yeah. side somewhere and wait because you'll die. I do, I do that a lot. Because the line line chasers, seekers, the actual cubics themselves. There's mini ones that go with them that you can kill, and then there was one more that I forget the name of. But it's that it's that sort of variety that really helps the gameplay because it, it makes it a lot more intense. I found myself um, trying to like just escape the line chasers just by trying to box out the tiniest, tiniest little box ever. 
just how move around the map. Yeah, for sort of creating little forts in the corner, so you've got somewhere to. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, rest. It's, I it's mean, horrendous. That, the lion chasers kill me an awful lot because I sort of get to the side, switch off, stop paying a bit of attention, and then suddenly one's sort of whizz round the outside and mm. gets the. Yeah, I think it was stage. Um, nine maybe ten i think it was stage 10 actually where um, you spawn on a cube and then all around on every single edge there's three and it's just i was just looking at it going that's not fair (laughs) just looking at looking at the cube and going well it's just not fair but it it, it really does add challenge it's brilliant yeah the more of a cube you cut away that face of the cube you cut away the faster they come round as well Yep. So if you've only got this little bit left, it's really hard getting through that. Mm. Um, do you plan on, as like as a studio, making other like nostalgia reboots, as it were, in the future? We we have been thinking of porting some of our other laugh, Laughing Jackal game steam. Um, it's going to be very much as and when it fits in with our other games, but we'd certainly like to bring some of them. Vibes would be a good one, I think. I I really quite enjoyed Vibes. Mm. Um, that was a sort of rhythm game. Uh, then, I mean, my personal favourite after that would, to do would probably be Ace Armstrong versus the Alien Scumbags, which is a sort of scrolling shooter... And it's another one of the looks quite cute, but, but isn't. Yeah. Well, it, it was it was so hard that we actually had to patch the mini to make oh, it wow. easier because no one <laughs> could get through it. I think hard difficulty is still the same as it was before, and I'm not convinced that anyone other than now is able to complete it on hard. But on the easier normal. We had to make the hitbox smaller and enemies take less hits because wow. <laughs> no one could. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see how that'd be a problem. But speaking of patches, though, because obviously QX is like quite a new release on the PC, even though it's been around for a while. Like you, you're obviously going to experience some problems. Have you got any like specific updates that it's like significant updates that Cubics can see in the future? Um, there's nothing planned at the moment. It depends what comes in in the way of bugs. Obviously, if if stuff if we get multiple reports of similar issues or just particularly nasty problems, they will be patched out. But at the moment, touch wood, we haven't had anything too bad. So fingers crossed. But we might not have to do too many patches, but. Obviously, if anything does come up, it will be patched. I was going to say, yeah, there didn't seem to be any like glaring flaws in the in the game itself. The only thing that I could really say was the fact that the multiplayer sessions were very finicky when you were trying to connect. Uh, multiplayer. I think it mentions in the description. Multiplayer is actually local only. Oh, oh, that's odd. Uh, it's. Basically, I mean, the multiplayer is kind of a holdover from a PS3 version. 
it, which is why it's seven players max because that's the number of oh, controls. That's why right, okay, it's localized. Yeah, it's local multiplayer only. I, I think it does save. I think it does save in the description, but I think we added to that to the description sort of a few days before release and before it wasn't quite clear. Ah, oh, right, okay. So I mean, I'm just wondering, will any of the mechanics from this title make it into any of the other games that you guys are making? It depends. I mean, we'd love to. I mean, we love the game. We'd like to revisit it again if it's, but it will it will depend on how it does sales wise. Because, well, obviously, you, <laughs> we need to be confident whatever we do next is going to at least make its money back. So it depends how it does. But we do we we love work we loved working on it again, and if the opportunity came up, we'd certainly be happy to do another one. And I mean, I, I guess. Um, uh, I'm almost certain that the Flame Over actually ventured onto the PS4. Yeah. Will this game also be venturing onto the so-called next generation of consoles? Again, it's probably going to depend on sales. Uh, nothing is planned at the moment, but if Cubix ends up doing really well for us, then we'll probably have to look into it, but we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. And... I mean, I've got a couple of questions which are completely off the subject, and I just thought with you being like in PR and all the other bits and bobs that you've done, you might have a couple of ideas as to some of the answers. So first of all, I'll just sort of say, EA let slip on an investor's call last week about maybe what the Xbox One and the PS4 sales for the consoles were. I'm just wondering... Do you have any idea has one reason why the PS4 has almost all double the amount of consoles what the Xbox One has? I mean, I don't have any particular insider inside. I've got my own sort of pen theories. I mean, I think a lot of it was just a much stronger, clearer launch for the PS4 than, free, than the Xbox One, which things seemed a bit... Sort of unclear exactly what their policies were with um, used games, and there was a, certainly an emphasis on the Xbox One's non-gaming functions, whereas PS4 was primarily was pushed as a gaming machine that might also do other stuff. I think that helps, and then it's sort of price. PS4 was a bit cheaper at launch; it was it's a bit more powerful as well. So it's just combination of factors and i mean i don't have any particular insight but that's just how it seems on the out seems to me on the outside anyway and hmm. I mean, the last question that i have got is again something completely off topic but again it it deals with like pr and everything i'm just wondered when the xbox announced that rise of the tomb raider would be console exclusive to microsoft there was massive outrage between fans and the gaming press. But I just wonder why when Sony do the exact same thing, but do a real exclusive with Street Fighter V, no one says anything. I'm bloodborne. No, Street Fighter V, that's because that was multi-platform all the way up, just about. Same as like Tomb Raider. I'm just wondering why there was no massive outcry about this one. Not not sure, really. I mean, 
I can certainly, I mean, I can sort of see both ways why people, I can see why people don't like stuff being console exclusive because well, if you've got, if you don't have that console, then you can't play it. I mean, I can see what the attraction is for publishers and developers, whether it's development funds, a bit less risk, and a bit, I mean, for obviously for smaller companies, and this doesn't apply to Capcom or Square Enix, but for smaller publishers like us, it's a lot easier to target one platform over the other. As for why one would cause the upset and the other wouldn't, don't, not really sure. Um, I mean, I think it's the... Especially with the Tomb Raider one, I think the gaming press has got a lot to answer for. Because they... Especially the first year and a half of the Xbox, they seem to just to basically report on all the negative aspects of it. And I think I that's mean, what's happened in the last couple of years, why Xbox has done so badly. I mean, with this specific one, I, in my experience, uh, uh, while obviously most, a lot of people in the gaming press and in the industry itself love games and have their own sort of biases, I've not really noticed too many who sort of really pro one company or and the other but i mean i think certainly early on one of the reasons that xbox got a lot of mixed coverage was that the message just wasn't always very clear what they were trying to say but in this particular case it's i honestly don't know why um, one would cause more upset than the other Right, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I just thought it was, it was just, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where it's just a funny thing. I, just liked, I thought I'd get a different perspective on it. Yeah, I mean, we're sort of a bit out of the way of much of the rest of the industry. We're sort of stuck out, stuck out in some offices in Braintree. And, I mean, I do know a few sort of other community managers and people in games, but we are a bit out of the way, so we don't get... We're probably not the people to go for for hot industry gossip. <laughs> right then, so before we go, if you'd just like to mention how people can get hold of Cubics and any of your Twitters and things like that you'd like to mention. Okay, yeah. Cubics HD is out now on Steam, where it's priced at... Um... Eight dollars ninety nine. Uh, I can't remember what that translates to in pounds. And, a and is six something like that. Yeah, yeah, and is also available on the PSN store for PlayStation Three. And if you don't have either of those, if you've got a Vita or PSP, you can pick up the original Mini, which doesn't have a lot of the. It only has ten levels. Doesn't have a lot of the enemies but if you want to get an idea of a basic game you can pick that up as on PSP and Vita if you want to find Laughing Jackal on Twitter it's uh, at laughing <laughs> underscore Jackal uh, very complex that one <laughs> Ghostlights can be found at, at Ghostlight Games so, yep, yeah, we're really original with it. And mine is at ghostlight underscore Ross. If you want to catch up with me on Twitter. 
I tell you what, I don't know if any one of you guys knows, who was the team who made the last Need for Speed game? Wasn't that Ghost Light? A Ghost Summer? It was Light. Uh, <laughs> I'm not who did it, but it wasn't us. <laughs> oh, no, no. It, it was a team made up of former, former Crytek teams and they're headed in Sweden. But I'm sure it was mm. Ghost Summer, but I can't remember. It's just, that's all I can think of now. So basically, no. Yeah. <laughs> so no. Oh, I mean, if, if someone wants to give us money to make a need for speed, we could try. But, but I'm I'd not like sure we're see, really. Set. I'd, I'd like to see need for speed on a three-dimensional cube. That would be awesome. I, I was thinking a sort of firefighting type thing where you're going around dressed as a fireman putting out fires. So GTA. <laughs> just so people don't think I'm crazy it was Ghost Games who did Need for Speed yeah I'm, I've just seen that on Wikipedia now I sort of had a look myself everyone quickly goes to the internet to check their the same <laughs> there we go so thank you Ross it's been a pleasure thanks for having me on not a problem thank you right. see ya bye do you have trouble sleeping tossing and turning all night. Nothing you do seems to help. You're not getting your recommended six to eight hours of sleep each night. Well, now there's a solution. Now there's Fat Cat Fly. With Fat Cat Fly, you'll easily get the sleep that you deserve. Download for free on the iOS App Store, and you're guaranteed to get a good night's sleep with very few side effects, as you help a fluffy kitty eat all the junk food that he wants. Side effects may include sleeplessness and desire for cheeseburgers for erection less more than five hours. See a physician. Try Fat Cat Fly today. Visit facebook.com slash fatcatfly because you deserve a better life. And that was Ross Briley there. Thank you, for Ross, for coming on and chatting to us. It's still me, David, and we've got Stefan here still. And this section, we're going to be talking more about his work as... Basically, making music for games. So, when did you first try to get into music for games, or is it just something that you've fallen into recently? Well, it's just my friend Phil. Uh, he, he put me into the position that said that, you know, like, uh, he said, well, you, you know, your, your music uh, sounds like game music. So it's like, uh, so he said, "Why, why, why don't you just like put put the music in your games or something like like?" So um, I said, "Yeah, well, I, I think I could do that, but I wasn't too sure at first and all that. But then it, it decided I decided to uh, to uh, yeah to, to contact some people and all that and start uh, start uh, making connections and start basically uh, making making uh, music for games, yeah." Because, I mean, I first got your email address from, let me go up to my contacts on here. Yeah, it was uh, the guy that did uh, the uh, the game for the Punching Bears. Yeah, Nicole Hunt. <laughs> yes. Yes, I emailed him saying if he knew anyone that does music and stuff, and he passed your details on. So that was a long time ago when that happened. Yeah. Very long time, like a few years or something, or I don't know. 
maybe about a year and a half, maybe maximum. But yeah. Unfortunately, what we were planning on doing, that kind of fell through when the main star of the show who had agreed to do it stabbed someone and I think they're now in prison. Okay. So, I don't know if it actually is or not. I haven't really looked into it. You know, Dustin Diamond. Okay. The guy who played Screech in Saved by the Bell. I think he... I, I know for a fact he stabbed someone on New Year's Eve last year, I think it was. But I don't know what wow. I don't know what happened to him after that, but... Yeah, so that kind of fell through after all that. <laughs> yes, uh, I imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very expensive. He wanted £7,000 to do, like, 20 minutes voiceover work. Well, uh, I could tell you some somebody could could uh, John St. John for for the guy that did Duke. I don't know like how how much he would charge, but uh, I'm sure he would probably be been open to uh, do a uh, voice acting and all that. So yeah, um, and then it was like if I wanted to get the animation done somewhere in America, they wanted about sixty thousand dollars to do sixty minutes worth of animation. Oh yeah, it's a big, big industry. Like, oh jeez, I see, uh, I seen uh, like the uh, how the Family Guy is being created and all that. Like behind the scenes, and it's like they have to send like the uh, they have to send all their their work to uh, to Korea, South Korea, and then they have to uh, they have to like uh, constantly communicate with them to make sure they have everything up. So that they don't waste any time and they create all the content and then they send it back to America. So. Yeah, because when I emailed around, I found an Indian company who said they could do the same sort of thing for about seven grand. Yeah. So it was a lot cheaper, but still, it's very expensive when. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, uh... I don't know about yourself, but like, I work full time on nights. And yeah. then like, I do the website and stuff as a... It started off as a hobby three years ago. And... Now it's a job. Not really. It, not really, no. I mean, I used to be getting quite a lot of income on the page views on the website. I used to be getting like £50 like, every month just from the website itself. So that paid for itself and the podcast. Well, that's good. But unfortunately, good. the last... When, when was it? Probably about half a year ago, they changed all the like, the way Google handles things and that, and then now we're only getting like ten pound every few months. Oh yeah, that's that so really is uh, it's terrible dropped, when dropped they do down, that. Drop yeah. down hell of a lot. But yeah, anyway. They call it. They they <laughs> call it. Um, yeah, they call it uh, like uh, um, what's it is it again? It's uh, uh, it's user agreements and all that. Yeah. You change your user agreements a lot. Yeah, it's... But, so, yeah, anyway. <laughs> okay, <laughs> enough of that, yeah. So, you say you did the music for, was it 4089 and 5089? Yes. How did the developer contact you, or did you contact them, or...? Well, I contacted Fruit, like, uh... I don't remember his real name, but, I mean, we always called him Fruit for some reason. But, um... It's a P H 
R00T if anybody like wants to know. Uh, I, I just contacted him and said like, okay, like I, I have some music. Uh, would you like to like hear it and all that? And he was like, yeah, sure. We should, uh, uh, I, sh I could hear it and all that. And I guess he was like looking for a cheaper way or like that to like put his music on the uh the 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 for the game but um i just um i just decided to like just make it for fun and he he, he basically um he basically said okay uh, uh i can't like he, he doesn't pay me much like but um it's it's really rewarding because it's like uh, you're just like producing music and putting it out there, putting your name out there. And it's like really opening doors for me. Yeah, so, but that's uh, the thing. It's like it's all right. Sort of like people saying, oh, I've got this mate of mine. He's absolutely brilliant at producing music, but he's got none of his music's anywhere to listen to. At least if you're getting your music out places yes. for people to see. Yeah. You can point them I, towards it. I have, um, I have another game. Uh, I made completely. I, I made all the music for it, and uh, I finished it and I sent it to uh, Italy. It's a, uh, it's a guy from Italy. He's called Stefano, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, his game is about little sister's tree. It, it's, uh, it's a der derivative from a, a retro game. Called Little Sisters. Uh, I think it was played for the Commodore 64 or something. Now he wanted to do it for the Ouya, but now the Ouya is like destroyed completely. Like it's just, it's terrible that, you know, like Razor just like uh, bought it and all that. I mean, it's good that, you know, they, 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 they kept the dream alive and all that, but, you know, I just hated the fact that. They, they removed support for, like, hardware and left us Ouya owners uh, with nothing to do uh, but uh, but upgrade, I guess. I mean, do you better. actually still have an Ouya? Yes, and I um, I changed a system in it to run um, Google Play and all that. So <laughs> because I, I got one sent to review. And I reviewed it. I was quite impressed, apart from the joy joypad sort of thing that was horrible. Um, yeah, and I there is there was a glitch for it, but the thing is that when I installed the drivers for uh, for the the Ouya for for the for the new build that was on the I think a Cinemod build or something. I think it's done, but. Uh, when when I did the the mod and all that and installed the drivers, it, it ran very good. Like like it's like it, it didn't like uh, it used to go like the look button used to go like um, used to be like you 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 just look around like constantly in the circle or something, but it wasn't stuck like that anymore. So I don't know if they improved it or something. Probably, but. Uh, I mean, yeah, I basically just used man for the, the XMBC of just stream movies and stuff. Yeah, um, I I don't do that. I I usually just game on my my Android and all that. I have one, 
I have one or two videos I I I paid for like in the past. Um, I guess you p- people uh, must must know about it. It's uh, Angry Video Gamer the movie. Yeah, I've heard of it, but not yeah, seen it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's DRM free, by the way. Uh, if you buy it from Vimeo, uh, I I bought it. Uh, a while ago, like when when it just came out, like I bought it like uh, a few days after, and I got it DRM free, and I think it's still there on uh, DRM free for um, for uh, GOG also, good old mm-hmm. games. So yeah. So you said that you've done the the. So how much sort of music was involved in those two games? Uh, the first game was about like twelve songs, and Fruit basically made like put up pretty much all of them in the forty eighty nine one. But the fifty eighty nine one is just like one quarter of uh, of what I created for him. And I don't know why he doesn't want the other songs, but uh, I guess he, he must must have felt it wasn't good for, for the game or something because. At first, Fruit wanted to build like a like basically you you go like underground and all that, and you have to like save yourself from going because like you're uh, there's like an accident happens, and then like you you go down this hole that you have to climb back up out of the hole and all that, and it was something different than uh, what you had in mind for fifty and nine. So, but not now it just like um, developed itself into like. Uh, like a um, a version two point of a thirty eighty nine, so right. So, would you sort of say the music that you've done for those that games was that the pinnacle of what you've done so far, or have you got other bits and bobs lying around which you're more impressed with? Um, if uh, you mean like what what kind of music I, I'm impressed with or something, or no, I'm just wondering like. If you think that the music you made for those two games is the best that you've made so far, or have you got other bits that you've made that you're more proud of? Yeah, there's other bits of music I'm more proud of. I sent you uh, sent you a few songs, I believe that uh, that I'm really proud of that because uh, it, 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 I'm just listened to it and it was like uh, similar to what uh, EDM uh, kind of. Uh, artist uh, creates like these these uh, these days, but um, those I put more inf- efforts into it and more love and more passion into it. So probably that's why it uh, it came out really good because um, I made it for myself and I took the time and liberty to to you know create uh, as much as I could into their song and it it. It basically uh, turned into more of a masterpiece than I thought it was going to be. So, I guess we'll basically say what uh, me and you are basically together to do, and we are planning on releasing a music CD. Well, I don't think it'll be a CD, but it'll be like a, an album on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and all mm-hmm. multiple of other sort of services. And I have had an email back from a distributor who they seem to be quite happy to 
allow us to go ahead with the plans. Um, basically, we send them the files, they upload everything, get it all authorised and sent up to Apple and Google and all the others. And then, as soon as either someone buys it or plays it or streams it, they pay us the, the money straight out into the bank. Um, they take a small percentage for doing everything for us. Um but other than that, I think we're all about ready to to go. We've got about fifteen bits of music to sort of like go through and try to order and take things out that we're not quite happy with. But we're hoping to get about fifteen sort of like bits of music on the CD. Um, if anyone does graphic design and they'd like to have a stab at doing an album cover, please contact us at. at uh, I forgot we've changed the email address. Contact at oneupgaming.co.uk and we'll have a chat and see what we can sort out there because we do need a CD cover. That's one of the bits and bobs that they said they won't help with because it can work quite expensive to get all that done. But other than that, I think hopefully in the next month, I'd say at the most, we should have a CD to try to push on people to sell. But, I mean, basically, what I was hoping was, it's a companion to the cartoon series that we were producing, so what my ideas were, all the games featured within that series, we would make music that accompanies, yeah, goes with certain games. So it's not, say, Block Story. We're not nicking the Block Story theme. We're just making a bit of music that sounds as though it'd fit in with that game. And we're doing that for a few games. Like we've got Doom and Postal and loads of other games that I've actually emailed around and got permission to feature in the series and make stuff for, so hopefully there won't be any legal sort of like percussion, you know, about this. But they're all quite happy with that. So, I mean, is there anything else that you'd like to sort of say about what you're doing? Uh, do you reckon that's summed it up? The, the what? Do you reckon that's summed everything up, or do you want to go over some of the things that you're doing for it? Um... Yeah, it's just uh, I I began uh, creating music for him like uh, in the past, and uh, it's just uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty good and challenging for doing the music and all that, and uh, I pretty much enjoyed uh, making music for uh, for those kind of styles and games. So yeah, I mean, I think oh, I, I also forgot um, you probably won't know him, but. The legendary games developer John Hare, who used to be one of the founders of Sensible Software, who did Sensible Soccer, Cannon Fodder, Megalomania, and all those sort of games, he's agreed to license us one of his songs so we can actually put one of his songs on the album as well. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking we can actually have on the cover of the album featuring Sensible Software's John Hare 
Yeah. <laughs> Would be kind of funny if that sells the album completely just just because of that. But uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, pretty good that uh, you you got a feature like that. Yeah. So I mean, like so we have to pay him a percentage of every al- album sold, but I thought it's just to get a, a bigish sort of name on there. And he's never released any of his music able to buy. So hopefully people might buy it just for that sort of song. Because in the UK and I, I guess Europe, it is still quite a big name is Sensible Soccer. Yeah. So I guess that'll do for this week's podcast. We've been jabbering on for uh, quite a while now. I guess about an hour I'd have a guess in total with the interview. So I mean, I guess please go visit our website which is oneupgaming.co.uk. You can sign up and help us on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash O-U-G. If you want to buy any of our t-shirts, go to bluecyborg.com and just search 1UpGaming. You get t-shirts and mugs and things like that. If you want to get 10% off at customcontrollersuk.co.uk, just go there and as you're done your order there'll be a little box with discount code just put one up game in all one word and if you want five percent off at funstock.co.uk again it's exactly the same with a discount code one up all one word we have amazon links on the website so basically just click on that takes you straight to amazon you order whatever you want to order and because amazon knows you've come from our website and we're advertising amazon we get a small percentage of each sale. If you want to contact us, you can do it via email or Twitter. On Twitter, it's OUG Official. Our email is contact at oneupgaming.co.uk. We have Facebook and YouTube. Just search One Up Gaming or go onto our website and click on the tabs at the top of the screen. We have an official Twitch page, which is twitch.tv slash OUG Official. And the podcast itself is on Podbean, iTunes, and loads of other podcast site scripts, whatever you want to call them. Please subscribe to us and give five stars, positive feedback. Helps us with the people are searching and rankings and things like that. More the better. I'm thinking of giving away my copy of... I can't remember what it was called now. Sebastian Laub Rally Evo for the PS4. So I might do a Twitter giveaway within within the next like, couple of days when this goes up. So look out for that. So just follow us on Twitter, OUG Official. We might give that away in the next couple of days. So it's been me, David, saying thank you all, goodbye. And it's also been Stefan on his first yeah. time on the podcast. So if you want to just... First time on any podcast. <laughs> so. so before, do you actually have a... A dedicated website to your music, or is it just like Facebook or something they can contact you on? Yeah, um, it's uh, soundcloud.com uh, slash infinite um, um, 0100. But uh, I think I think I did... did uh, my, twi- uh, my Twitter is, um, is uh, surat72. Yeah. Oh, I'm already following you. Okay, yeah. Um, right then, so, I mean, you cut out a bit in the middle of that, but I'll just 
cut that out and then go back on to when you gave your Twitter again. Um, but yeah, so just if you anyone wants any music work done, just tweet him. It's probably the easiest way to contact you. And any game developers that want some music done, again, just contact him. I'm sure he'll, he'll have a chat with you, see what you can do. So it's been the two of us with episode 139 saying thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Hey guys, Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes, you in particular, in that way. And I wanted to say, I think you're great. I've always said that about you. And I was wondering, if you think we're great, if you could give us a quick rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It would really, really help us out in that, you know, podcasty sort of way. And if you're feeling particularly festive, perhaps even a little saucy, maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash O-U-G and see if you can't slip a few bucks our way. After all, every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show. Thanks for listening. OUG Gaming will always be free, but with your support, we can always move forward and always be better.